1: Hello, and welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. It is us guys once again visiting you in your homes. Les Jackson, currently at the microphone. Fred Staub is right next to me, and he is... He is wouldn't dare eat that sandwich without <laughs> me,
0: would you? Uh, what sandwich? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> that's right. It's already gone. Yes. Anyway... We have a whole bunch of information and uh, a great interview later in the show.
0: Yeah, got a lot of stuff loaded up, ready to go here on Cruise Control Radio Less. And Mercedes says it's out of the autonomous driving business. Interesting story, because you would think they love technology and they'd be right in the forefront. We'll tell you why we're getting out of that.
1: Bit of a surprise. Bit of a surprise. Anyway... Is ethanol ethanol a transitional fuel for the next several decades uh, we haven't heard much about ethanol recently
0: no but if you think about it even as we move to an electric future there will still be plenty of internal combustion engines around for a long time maybe this is the fuel for it we'll tell you about that Could be. <laughs> and this next one yes it's true bill Ford a Ford loved a prototype vehicle so much We'll tell you why he wanted to keep it. They had to say, "Well, Bill, you have to give it back." You know, if I were
1: the the, the heir to a, a, an automotive company, I would have so many cars in my collection.
0: Oh yeah, just pull one off the line. I it just, uh, I would, I
1: would, I just would be obsessed with it. Well, anyway, I think he is uh, less. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a good guy. We've, yeah, absolutely. We've met him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Lexus builds a car inspired by the birds.
0: <laughs> yes. The not, aviation. We'll tell you about it. Yes. Not the band. Or not the Alfred Hitchcock movie.
1: No. And not that one either. I I I, I hated that movie, by the way.
0: <laughs> well, we've also uh, less kind of uh, clairvoyantly said we have a great interview this hour. And we do... We are going to get the latest info on the just-released Volkswagen Golf R, the most powerful golf ever built. Golf product manager Megan Closey will join us with a great interview. All that and more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio, the most powerful golf ever, all-wheel drive, and we love it. It's uh, And it is powerful. It is powerful. It is fun. And it is and coming. Corvette's not that powerful. <laughs> I know. That's right. You would trade that uh, Corvette, that 200-horsepower Corvette, for this in a in an instant. So You sure would. Yeah, we'll talk about that and more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio. Don't forget, check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com, where you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Find out about the podcast and more at CruiseControlRadio.com. Be right back. Listen to the live feed of Cruise Control Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to www.CruiseControlRadio.com to find out how to do it. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. It's Fred Stubb and Les Jackson on a ride around the automotive industry. New models, new technology. We drive a bunch of cars. All that and more here at Cruise Control. If you are buying a new car or just excited about technology, we are here to help you through, aren't we, Les?
1: We are, we are, and we always want to know, want to let people know what the,
0: what the status of these technologies might be. Yeah. I mean, of course, the two big ones that we talk about a lot on this show, electric cars and autonomous vehicles. You and I were just talking offline. I said, I'm down with electric cars. I like them, but I still want to be able to drive. I enjoy the active driving. I mean, I just enjoy it. I like getting out on the highway and driving, um, and I hope that is still allowed in the autonomous world. It will be for a while. Yeah, for for a long while. All right. Well, yeah, but... and as you said, very well put, uh, nicely put during the break. That, of course, fully autonomous vehicles were not there yet. The level fives. But they will be helpful to senior citizens, people with a vision problem, uh, you know, easily able to move around, summon one of these driverless vehicles, and it will move you wherever you want to go. And I think I think that's great. I do think yeah. that's great. And
1: And the safety agencies tell me that close to 30% of the driving public does not like to drive. They don't listen to the show, though, I hope. Well, I know that, but,
0: but, but, you know, there are many people that just don't want to drive. They don't enjoy it. They don't like it. I mean, you, you and I I think are the same. Like I could get in a car and just say, well, let's just, I use as a way, form of relaxation. Yeah. Yeah, Same here. Let's drive for 30, 40, 50 miles and come back again. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: But other people, when they get into a car, feel stressed out. Wow. Get nervous. Wow. Wow. Well, okay. Like I do dancing. (laughs) I feel very uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see that. I mean, think about how it could change, though. You you go to your doctor and they say, well, you can't drive after this. Now, if you're just by yourself, you know, like, oh, you can't drive for five hours after this procedure, what do you do? You would have to, I guess, call a cab. But in the future, you could just let your car drive you home.
1: Exactly. No, there's a tremendous need for this technology, which is not here and will not be here for a good ten more years.
0: Even though Elon Musk says it's right around the corner. Exactly. We
1: yeah. are we are at
0: level three. Whatever people
1: are saying about self-driving cars, we're at level three, and internationally, uh, that will not be truly self-driving until it's level
0: five. So level three is what lane keeping, uh, lane keeping, um, what we have on a lot of cars now, you push the, you push the button on the steering wheel and the vehicle will track around curves, but you have to keep your hands on there.
1: That's right. Uh, intelligent cruise control, Mm -hmm. automatic braking. That's all good. That's, uh, uh, um, side uh blind spot detection that won't let the car change the lane without shaking the this the uh
0: the steering stick, wheel and all of stick that shaker, stick like like a uh, those are
1: all level
0: three but true level five is requires i, I eat a sandwich absolute and, autonomy uh, eat a sandwich and watch a video on my phone while. yeah the- you
1: you basically tell the car where you want to go and yeah it's like a robot yeah and well,
0: we're not there. We're not there yet. And what this was an interesting story this week um that you would think Mercedes would be at the forefront of this but according to this German language publication <laughs> uh let's see what That's, is it that is
1: Redaktionsnetwerk deutschland.
0: Okay. We'll just call it RND uh, time time magazine. <laughs> <laughs> They said Mercedes is pulling out of the race to achieve level five autonomy. And the reason is best up summed up by a spokesperson who said, we don't compete in any race that we can no longer win. And another key reason for the company's decision is money. Our investors don't expect, don't just expect sales, but they also uh, expect profit. And is... It's not completely abandoning self-driving technologies. It's just no longer sinking level five, at least on its own. Uh, so basically what they're saying is they will buy technology from others sure. when, they, when they develop this, which you it may sound like a big deal, but that's done all the time in the automotive industry where people buy hybrid technology from Toyota or someplace else. We'll talk a little bit more about this when we come back on Cruise Control Radio, your on air automotive magazine. Stay tuned. For the latest updates on cruise control, follow us on Twitter at Cruise Control Rad. That's C R U I S E C T R L R A D. Cruise Control Rad.
1: Cruise Control.
0: And welcome
1: back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. We were talking before the break about Mercedes pulling out of the autonomous vehicle business development. Uh, just to wrap that up, basically, Mercedes makes a lot of different products. They're sold all over the world that they need to concentrate on, uh, on their business. Uh, they, they, they're still developing electric cars. So... It's a a simple business decision. We'll put all of our resources where we make the greatest profits and where things right now make the most sense. And buy that technology from somebody else that... Like everyone else will. It's going to be standardized. It's already been decided worldwide. Right. That autonomous systems are going to be standardized.
0: Well, I think the next thing that has to happen, and like you said... it's not going to happen for quite some time is uh car to car vehicle to vehicle communication. And that could be, that's just great. You're driving down the road and uh, now that will make that emergency braking even better. Like, Oh look, this guy just went through the stoplight and your cars will talk to each other and slow. Exactly.
1: But that technology and remapping the GPS system in the world both are going to take about six
0: years. And look at this. We, we've been waiting for 5G to to come around. So this vehicle-to-vehicle vehicle will involve putting, you know, a signal all around, you right. know, and, and adding it to cars that exist now. It, it will be a big project. So it's not coming anytime soon. It's uh, not. Now, uh, and talk about EVs. The internal combustion engine is not going away anytime soon either. I mean, there's been two states have talked about eliminating sales of new vehicles in 2035. But think about it. At least probably 15 to 16 million cars a year will be created. New cars will be created uh, in uh, each year in that time frame. And cars stick around and cars and vehicles will stick around for a long time. and what will be the fuel for those vehicles as the gradual shift to electric vehicles happens? Well, according to a Reuters article, there's some talk that it will be ethanol or, or higher blends of ethanol with gasoline. Uh, this was uh, brought up at uh, Data Grow, the Data Grow International Conference on Sugar and Ethanol this week. Did you attend, Les? Uh, I... Was I? I sat in on the sugar sessions,
1: mm. okay.
0: <laughs> uh, which which
1: involved eating a lot of ice cream.
0: Yeah, that would be okay. Uh, the United yeah. States and Brazil, the two leading ethanol producers, they see a potential for large increase in global use of biofuels as a way to cut carbon emissions while the world transitions to electric cars. Uh, no one's talking about hydrogen either. I do they just not want no. to put money into hydrogen? I I think that would be a great way to run internal combustion engines very cleanly, right? I think that uh,
1: that hydrogen will become very economically viable. Uh, the you know ethanol is a fuel, obviously. Uh, it's twenty five percent less efficient than gas, right? But uh, you Yes, it's relatively cheap to make, but we can only grow so much grain.
0: Yeah, and you need it for other things, too, like, you know. Like people. People. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's only so much space to, to farm, right. and a lot of the farmland has gone away, right? so
1: That's exactly right. So uh, it's going to be a mixture of many, many different things as, uh, as the next two, two to three decades take place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, this is an interesting story. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Bill Ford jr. Of the Ford family, nice guy, uh, had a prototype Ford Mustang Mach E. And, uh, he had it in his possession for a couple of months and apparently Ford had a tough time getting it back because Bill Ford asked for an extension with the car. Who knew Bill Ford even gets press cars? You know <laughs> Hey, look,
1: if I were Bill Ford,
0: I'd be doing the same thing. He kept it so long that the Maki design production teams had to beg for its return as they <laughs> continue working towards the launch until finally According to Ford's Chief Product Development Officer, Hao Tai Tang, who has been on the show, he told the Detroit Press, we had to pry it out of his hands, and if that isn't a ringing endorsement, we're not sure what is. <laughs> That's kind of fun. How it? do
1: you tell Bill Ford, you you know, give us the car back?
0: Uh, I don't know. He does not like to be called Mr. Ford, so he <laughs> likes to be called no. Bill. You say, Bill, we appreciate you enjoying it. But we really need it back for some more development, so we can get this product out to everyone, and you can make some sales. That would make that'd be nice. Yeah. And he might say, it's... "No, <laughs> no, say I'll no. keep it." <laughs> and see, then see you know, the name
1: up there on the on the building. That's that's me.
0: Then you just say, "Okay, I'll uh, let my boss know." <laughs> yeah.
1: we'll, we'll make a new one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Here's a weird deal. Did you ever think there'd be a car inspired by birds? Well, Lexus has an LC 500 Aviation Edition. uh, And it is a stunning structural blue color uh, to a very yellow color. Also, it's part of the Inspiration Series. This is going to be exclusive to Japan, and it's inspired by birds and airplanes. Just 70 units will be built. Uh, according to the uh, Japanese luxury manufacturer, the Aviation Series cars use aerodynamic safety technology to exercise enhancements and ride comfort performance while simultaneously giving a powerful look. Basically, they're using a lot of aero pieces and a carbon fiber rear wing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um,
1: it's very slick. It's slick looking.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess there's some bird lineage in there. You know, what they could do is if they wanted to make it bird-like, they could do a chrome molly hollow frame because birds have hollow bones. True. How about that? They didn't do that, though. Uh, The price for this LC500 Aviation will be 15 million yen or approximately $143,600. That's a little pricey. Hmm. You can get it in white with Nova glass flakes, sonic silver or black. And a beautiful set of wheels, five-spoke Torsen LSD wheels. (laughs) What happens when they turn around? Do you have a trip or something? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, it's all finished in black. I mean, this is uh, basically a body kit, some carbon fiber, uh, and some cool design. And it is pricey, isn't it?
1: It is, but I bet it's
0: spectacular. i tell you what else that I think is probably spectacular. We haven't driven it yet, is the Volkswagen Golf R. It is the most powerful Golf ever made. Of course, it is all-wheel drive. And uh, we wanted to find out more about that. Coming up after the break, we're going to uh, have an interview with Golf Product Manager Megan Closet, who will tell us about that. And the new GTI coming out. This is the first time, less that they have revealed the GTI, Golf GTI, and the Golf R together. Of course, going forward for the 2022 model year, which will come out uh, sometime in 2021, those are the two Golfs that will be available to the U.S. market. Just basically the performance variants. They're not going to sell the um, regular Golf uh, in the U S anymore, you and I love the golf, uh, and we love the GTI. And, uh, I think it's going to be pretty exciting. We have some pictures of the golf R up on our Facebook page. So you, if you go on over to the cruise control radio, Facebook page, check that post out. You can also see a picture of Megan too, with her, uh, with her plaid, uh, her Clark plaid background, uh, to celebrate Very the cool. plaid plaid seats of the GTI. Check that out at our Facebook page while you're over there. Give it a like as well. Um, And uh, don't forget, you can always uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or check us out uh, on Instagram, the podcast, and more at cruisecontrolradio.com. I'm Fred Staub. He's Les Jackson. When we come back, we are talking big power, golf R. So stay tuned to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. We'll be right back. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. It's Fred Staub along with Les Jackson. We're glad you're along for the ride on your on-air automotive magazine. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. You can find all our links to our Facebook page, Twitter feed, and more. We've got a great guest this segment. We've got Megan Closet, who is product manager for Volkswagen's Golf Family. You know, Megan, I have to admit, uh, you know, as any good journalist should, that there are biases here. I am a golf fanboy and a, and a <laughs> fan of the G- GTI and the R, R Um and uh, because I remember when it came out, the GTI came out in 1983, I really came yep. very close to buying one. <laughs> and um I, I love your plaid background to celebrate the plaid Thank seats. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, I, I have to say that is probably one of the only cars I would buy with a cloth interior because it looks so cool uh, and is so... Yeah. So unique and has a great story behind it. But Definitely. whenever I drive a golf, I feel like I am in Europe. It feels very European to me. I don't know whether anyone's ever said that, but it it just feels like you're tooling around the roads of Europe somewhere.
2: Some say you might have a point of view that is shared with many others. And I think <laughs> that's one of the reasons why GTI and Golf R are so appreciated.
1: You know, I I don't believe I've ever met anybody that doesn't like GTIs. And and I'm talking about hundreds of people over the years. Everybody likes them.
2: Yeah, it seems that's a pretty fair thing to say. Again, I'm very biased, obviously. It (laughs) it seems like people either don't know the car exists, but if they do know it exists, they love it. Wow. And that's, that's kind of the cool thing about niche vehicles, right, is you have just a really... Fervent legion of fans who sing the car's praises and who buy them generation after generation.
0: But let's talk about what happened this week at Volkswagen and the introduction of the 2022 Golf R. This yes. is the most powerful production Golf of all time. That's
2: and right. It's,
0: it's pretty amazing. Two liter turbocharge engine. Making 315 horsepower, which is 27 more than the previous generation. This is a four-cylinder, two-liter. I mean, there were V eights that couldn't make that power <laughs> not all that long ago. Yeah. yeah, we
2: had an eight-cylinder Passat that only put out 270 horsepower. So there's more you displacement. Go.
0: <laughs> so That's pretty pretty yeah. amazing. I mean, how did how did this happen? How did they get 27 more horsepower into this engine? Two liters is just not a big engine, but man, the power is incredible.
2: It's pretty amazing to see what engineers can do with small displacement engines these days. You know, you really don't need cylinders the way you needed them in the past. Um, Four-cylinder turbos have become so efficient on on the fuel efficiency side, of course, but also in in the way that they use power, right? Most of them are turbocharged. Um, we, We see that not only with Volkswagen, but also like what Honda does, et cetera. And it just provides a lot of power in a small package. Um, for us, this is the fourth generation of the EA888 2-liter uh, four-cylinder turbo. That's pretty exciting. So they've made some internal changes on the engine to allow for that extra power. Uh, the turbo itself is now water-cooled, so the, the turbo itself is you know more efficient, kind of allows for quicker spooling. Um, one of the things I love about the EA888 engine is there's little to no noticeable turbo lag. So it's just a real pleasure to drive throughout the entire RPM band. And uh, it's always cool to see what Germany comes out with in terms of wow. optimizing this engine.
1: So that so there's no turbo lag. That means the turbo is always on simmer, right?
0: And it's ready to go <laughs> to boil? Yeah,
2: it's always, it's always a slow boil. That's right. <laughs> Although we don't and, want anything boring. But yeah, and, it's a simmer. <laughs> and
0: what's really, when you talk about technology too and Volkswagen, there's a lot of it. And of course, Uh, One of the neat things I pull out of the press release here is there's a fully electronic coolant regulator unit that allows efficient thermal management with a short warm-up phase, and that results in a reduction of friction losses, which helps reduce fuel consumption and also obviously adds more power.
2: That reads like a thermodynamics lecture to me. It's (laughs) it's simply (laughs) stupefying. All of those small changes that they make to an existing engine block for those improvements.
0: Yeah, pretty you know, amazing. It's stuff,
2: that, it's stuff that people don't see, right? Mm-hmm. Because how many, I, I know a lot of our, our enthusiasts like to work on their own cars, but how many of them are doing full engine teardowns and, and looking at all the components from the inside? But it's amazing how much you can't see that improves these engines generation after generation. And I'm and, no thermo expert, but. Dynamicist. It, it <laughs>
0: Actually,
1: I'd be curious uh, to, to to really sit down with the engineers one day and get them the suspension guys and 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 get them to explain to me how they prevent torque steer because that's a tremendous amount of power to go through front wheels.
0: And well, that's right. the thing. And here it's going through all four. Yeah, and right. you but think still. about it, it's a very I, I when I think about this, the golf R, it's a very small platform to have Mm -hmm. all that technology in there and have you know all-wheel drive and and as Les said I mean all that power is nothing if you can't get it to the wheels and once again the engineers at Volkswagen have come up with ways to do this haven't they?
2: They definitely have and the engineers actually told us on a call I think it was last week um, they completely reworked the chassis on this car So it's a revised version of the existing MQB platform. Um, We call it MQB 37W. Uh, (laughs) I don't know yet what either the 37 or the W stand for, but it's a a completely reworked chassis. Uh, The Golf R and the GTI also benefit from a brand new vehicle dynamics manager, which marries together all of the traction control elements, all of the the power transfer elements um, with the Golf R in particular you have a new rear differential that helps send up to 100% of available power that's been transferred to the rear axle to either wheel. Um, So that's that's for a fun element, Uh, the drift mode element, of course, for the car. But if you wanna talk about more control in a straight line or more control um, in in, everyday driving, then that's where this new vehicle dynamics manager comes into play with that rework chassis. So everything has been completely optimized from the previous generation.
0: Is this chassis?
1: Oh, sorry. I I was just curious. Is the chassis completely different from the standard Golf?
2: It's not completely different. I don't know the complete laundry list of differences. I mean, obviously, wheelbase is the same. Um, The basic setup of the front and rear suspension and axles are the same. There are going to be some differences in terms of sway bars and and some other elements, especially on Mm -hmm. on GTI or Golf R models that have the dynamic chassis control. but by and large, they're similar. Golf R is just a lot beefier. And uh, then, it, of course, it has the, the all-wheel drive system and, and the rear differential and the cross differential system.
0: We're talking to Megan Closey, who is product manager for the Golf family, Volkswagen Golf family. We should <laughs> say the a new Golf R, getting back to the new Golf R, the 2022 model, 0 to 62 in 4.7 seconds. Top speed on the track of uh, 155, or the Autobahn in certain areas,
1: or the uh, Beltway easy.
0: around uh, Washington. <laughs> uh, that is not. Uh, that is not <laughs> a, that an is accepted not uh, I'm use.
1: Please <laughs> keep keep uh, mentioning that.
0: <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, you, you have to think about what's going on in the background when you just drop the hammer on this vehicle and it just there's so many things happening right away it's not just the throttle opening there's so many things happening when it comes to traction and that it's sensing everything what's going on wheel spin and it's all going on in the background you don't you just don't know about it do you
2: no not at all and it's amazing what any car does these days to keep all four wheels in a straight line right um not not to mention performance vehicles and to me it's I I drive a GTI on a daily basis and I like to say I drive it the way it was meant to be driven.
0: um, (laughs) Like you stole it.
2: Is that what you mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Brisk, brisk driving. Brisk
2: driving safely. Um, And it's just, it's amazing to me again, going back to the conversation about the size of the engine itself, um, how much everyday power that puts out, how much usable power that, that is put to the road, not only by having a usable torque band, but also by having this front-wheel drive car that has you know, a front differential to help distribute power, that has all of these wheel speed sensors and ABS sensors. And again, it's, it's not necessarily anything that's specific to a Volkswagen GTI, but it's the way all of these sensors and elements are married together that create that driving experience, which yeah, then, of have, course, is totally elevated with a Golf R.
0: And I'll add something to that, too. The other thing is, it's a fun car to drive, but you can use it every day. I've used them when I've had them to, you know, pick up uh, groceries. So they're right. a very usable car. It's not like oh, you got a real sporty car now you can't <laughs> can't use it. You can't put stuff in the back or whatever. Uh, it's it's really great. You can carry passengers in there. It, it's it's a, a wonderful deal. Stay tuned to Cruise Control. Plenty more coming up with Volkswagen's Megan Closey, the product manager of the Golf family. We're going to talk about the upcoming Mark 8 GTI. So plenty more to go. Keep it buckled up. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com.
1: Cruise Control.
0: Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. We've got a great conversation going with Megan Closey, product manager for the golf family, Volkswagen Golf family. Of course, that now includes uh, a 2022 Golf R, uh, the upcoming 2022 GTI, and actually the uh, Mark 7 GTI is still on sale, isn't it?
2: That's right. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, The Model year 21 GTIs have just started arriving. We were able to make some small tweaks to the car, not mechanically, uh, not electronically, but visually, just to kind of herald the end of the seventh generation, which has been our most successful GTI and Golf R for that matter generation in our history. Um, so that car has met a lot of awesome fans. So we put on a couple of different uh, wheels to differentiate the different trim levels with the 2021 model year. But by and large, I just I think it's a nice goodbye to what was a yeah. really, really cool generation.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's so it's, Very... a,
1: it's the world's greatest swan song for <laughs> <laughs> it really yeah. is. the thing. It's about... like a
2: combination between a swan song. And then to bring in another overused statement, yeah. a nice dovetail into the new generation. Um, dovetail, segue. Year. Actually, that's,
1: that's, a, <laughs> good, that's a good word.
0: Let's talk about transmission options in the uh, Golf R.
2: For sure. I like that you made sure that we use the word options, and it's plural. <laughs> it's <laughs> been a, a huge passion project of mine to keep manual transmission alive and well in the GTI and Golf R models in the U.S., Um, As you know, a lot of other manufacturers are slowly chipping away at the manual transmission availability in their models. Sure. Um, It's something unique at this point to the GTI and Golf R Heritage, um, especially because some of our key competitors continue to offer manual transmission as well. Our customers speak very loudly um, how important manual is. I've got three manual shift golf models um, under my (laughs) under my purview (laughs) at home here. So manual is very important to me. I love, love, love the technology of a DSG and I do appreciate it. And I love the 60% of our customers that buy a a, a DSG car, but I also love the the vocal, very loud 40% of our customers that choose a manual transmission. So to me, there there was no way to do it without a manual transmission. And uh, we fought for that really, really hard. Um, there were definitely some times where Germany asked us if we could give up the manual, and for us that was right. that was a no-go. That was not an option. We told them straight up that that's a yeah, that's, that's a, deal that's a huge
1: that's a huge percentage of uh, people buying manual because yeah. it really typically is a take it's rate. around you know two percent or so.
0: Yeah, I mean we've uh, some manufacturers have told us the take take rate on manuals remember one told us less it was like three percent it was like yeah. what, what is that like 300 cars or something? it was something some ridiculous number and we figured they all went to automotive journalists somehow.
2: yeah or, but, Fred, or, or people that didn't live near a city what you were, sorry less yeah it kind of goes back to what you were saying Fred about um how some some people feel that the golf models provide this more European driving experience or, or this different driving experience and I think some people still equate that with shifting your own gears. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's, that's again, part of that whole unique formula that makes a GTI or a golf R what they are is, is providing whatever your definition is of a true driving experience or a pure driving experience in a car that doesn't make you compromise. That's the soul of a golf.
1: Yeah, I absolutely. I have my definition of a driving exp of a day to day driving experience.
2: <laughs> uh, to
1: me, the perfect car has to have an interior that really appeals to me. I don't care so much about the outside because I'm looking at the dash mm-hmm. and the instruments. But the other thing it has to do is make me feel better that I got in it. Absolutely, whether I'm going to the doctor's office or work or going to the theater or whatever. I want the car to make me actually feel good, and there aren't many cars that do that. Quite Golf frankly. does The GTI though. is one of them for sure. Um,
0: yeah, but uh, but
1: there aren't very many, and, and we, we've we, driven thousands of cars. Yeah, I we told imagine. you
0: at the at the beginning of this interview it's biased. So <laughs> well, <laughs> it's biased in favor because we like it. I mean, like what yes, I, I'll I to amplify that. what Les said, you definitely feel like you're having. A wonderful experience when you're in a GTI or an R or, you know, even the the traditional golf. But it's certainly yeah. heightened in, in the GTI or the R for sure. Uh, and Les, you said it best. We can segue in, dovetail in, uh, and talk about the interior of the R. Yeah. And a, this will go for the GTI too. A really upgraded, futuristic even.
2: <laughs> Definitely. Germany said it best when they premiered the the Golf at the end of 2019 I think it was um he said this is this is an innovision cockpit it's very
0: innovision, wow. InnoVision. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or it, it's a complete digital experience right it's it's uh you know in in Germany Golf is the the halo model of Volkswagen so if they're going to have this this new digital environment and they're going to have this new user experience it's going to be done in a Golf and I feel like it's breaking new ground. Some people are afraid of change, but I think it's going to be done the right way. And the the digitization, wow, that's not the easiest word to say.
0: But you did <laughs> it well, actually. <laughs> <Thank
2: you. laughs> it's going to be a, a new ground for, for a golf model, but I think it's going to be really cool. So you're kind of surrounded in this, this experience, right? In this In this cockpit that that's wrapping you up in this multicolor ambient lighting interior, totally customizable. Um, you know, you've know, you got more little lights guiding way of where things are located, but probably most importantly on the car, you've got uh, a standard digital cockpit. So mm-hmm. from the entry, entry GTI to a fully loaded Golf R, you've got a standard digital cockpit. You've got a pretty large infotainment display anywhere from eight to 10 inches um, that really marries nicely into the digital cockpit. Um, you've also got a true heads-up display available on the car So it's actually projected as opposed to, you know, reflected on a a fixed piece of plastic. Uh, Yep. So it's a nice true heads-up display available. Um, You know, you've got an all-new steering wheel that has beautiful touch-sensitive buttons with haptic feedback. Um, And, of course, a a generous uh, set of paddle shifters if you've got a a DSG. Um, And then the steering wheel itself, it's just part of that whole driving experience for me. And I think that it ties well into the entire digital cockpit. Um, Sure. Gosh, and then you get to the seats, right? Like, I know that's not part of this new digital experience, but how can you not notice the seats? That's kind of how we opened up our discussion, too.
0: User interface, for sure. <laughs> seats. Yeah, we should, right. we should talk about the driving modes with uh, comfort, sport, race. And then there's a special driving profile that was inspired by the Nürburgring, right?
2: Right. So those latter driving modes you've mentioned are specific to Golf R. Um, GTI will still have driving modes as it had in the previous generation. But with Golf R, of course, you're going to get some extras. um, Thanks in part to its heritage as as the R model, all-wheel drive system, et cetera. So we're still learning also about these new drive modes. Um, Haven't had a chance to check them out for ourselves, but I'm sure we're Mm -hmm. all excited to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely correct, though. So you've got a, a much more dynamic, aggressive driving setup with uh, with the sport modes on on Golf R. So whether you're using that that Nordschleife, um, Nurburgring-inspired mode, or or you're using drift mode, um, it's going to be a much different setup. And of course gotta say it it's only recommended for use on the track
0: on oh, the drift power. mode yeah right. drift mode we should talk a little bit about and, and that also drift also with the mode.
2: special Norge yeah. life mode yeah it's really really for track use
0: well megan uh, if they want information our listeners want information on uh the new gti and the golf r and even the current mark 7 where would they go
2: vw.com for the current car and uh, i can vouch for jess here but media.vw.com is going to have all the latest and greatest media releases on the upcoming cars
0: all right well megan close we are hoping to have you back when you can tell us some more details on the on the uh, gti and golf r we're we're both excited to to drive them sometime in 2021 which doesn't, <laughs> like sounds far away, but it's sure. not, really.
2: <laughs> it, it, it'll be here before we know it. And I want to thank you guys for your time and for sharing in the excitement of these new cars.
0: Absolutely. Looking forward Very to both fun. of them. Cruise Control Radio is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com for more information.